Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and today's episode is brought to you by Peanut. Peanut is a social network enabling parents and parents-to-be to meet, chat, and learn from each other. And we'll hear more about Peanut later, but Diane has our review of the week. I do. It is from Ashley from New Orleans. And she didn't even put a title. She just said, enter clever title here. So we can call this whatever you like. I like that. She said, I only knew I wish of this sooner. I, I only wish I knew of this sooner. There are so many times through an episode where I have shouted yes or laughed so loud I had to pause as to not run off the road. I'm a mother of two girls, a three-year-old, and a four-month-old. When I started my breastfeeding journey with my first, we made it to 14 months, which was amazing because I thought for sure I was going to give up after two months. So when I found this podcast, I actually thought to myself, there's nothing I don't already know or have experienced from the first time. I was wrong. And that's all in capital letters, by the way. I was wrong. I only wish I had found this sooner. Sometimes I related so hard that I cried and just knowing that there is a resource such as this makes my breastfeeding journey that much more amazing. From the bottom of my heart and milk ducks, thank you. Thank you for the empowering words and the comforting advice. What I wish I could hear is just what can unused milk be used for. I have signed up for donation, but I would love to know the science behind using milk for other things, cuts, rashes, ear infections, lotions, jewelry. How does it work and how? Thank you. And I can't wait for the next podcast. So very that's a great idea. It is. That's a good one. It is a good one. And I have had other people ask me too before, like just kind of randomly here and there. What do I do with all this milk? What should I do with the leftover milk? Yeah, we did it when we were doing the mini podcast. We had one of those, but we should do a whole episode on that. Yeah, we should. So we'll do that. Ashley from New Orleans. Thank you, Ashley from New Orleans. Thank you. And leave us reviews. We love to hear about them. We love to hear what you like. And they do help people find us. And they um, help us on Google too. So thank you so they much. They do. For so doing yeah, that. that that's you know yeah, it really does help us. So it's not just that we, you know, it's wanna not just nice things about we want to hear you say nice things about us. It actually helps <laughs> boost the podcast. Yeah. So if you could help us out that way, that would be super awesome of you. Thank you. Thank you. And that brings us to what we're going to talk about today, which also came off of. I don't, did it come for review or just yeah, it was, from a it was from a Yeah, from a message. And I'm like searching the, the website because I'm like, obviously we've done an episode on clogged duck. How do you not talk about that? Right. And like <laughs> searching, my, searching our own website, I'm like clogged ducks, no search results, plug ducks. And I'm like, wait, seriously, there's not a single episode with this. Okay. That's crazy. I don't know how that happens, but see, yeah. We've been doing this for two years, and it's still we come up with stuff that very obvious things that we haven't talked about. I know, and this comes up like almost every day in my yeah. work life. I mean, yeah, it's going to come up if you're breastfeeding. You're likely going to have problems with clogged ducts or mastitis. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it might happen for sure. So we're going to talk about that. Is there one or the other we should start with? Well, let's start with clogged ducts since it's kind of like that's how it starts, right? Yeah, usually. Or it can. It can, for sure. Um, So clogged milk ducts. So let's talk about what that is, right? Like it's just literally a clogged duct. What's a milk duct? duct? (laughs) Do we even know what a milk duct is? It's in your breast. It's where the milk is. Okay. But that is 
most women will tell you that it feels like almost like a little pebble or like, you know, a hard spot on the breast. And it can just kind of like appear all of a sudden you wake up with it. You know, you can usually figure out where it came from. You know, like you wake up with one in the morning and you realize, oh, the baby slept three hours longer than typically and you missed a feeding. So now you've got a plugged milk duct or you're doing more pumping than breastfeeding because you went back to work and your body is trying to adapt to this new schedule, this new routine. And you might get a plugged milk duct from that. Um, some, you know, like you can usually trace where it comes from, but some women are just more prone to it than others. If you are an overproducing mom and you have just too much milk, you see more plug ducts with that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They hurt. They're painful. They're tender, painful. You got to get them out though. Yes. And, um, I have dealt with obviously clogged ducts because I breastfed people and, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, you know, so I think you typically the warm compress, you know, kind of warm it up. Hot showers is really good. Um, massaging it. I remember just like, uh, just constantly, constantly rubbing it and massaging it, trying to soften it up, soften it up. And then somebody said to me, they were like, oh, you know what you can do? You can um, get a bowl of warm water and like kneel into a chair and kind of lean over the bowl and dip your boob into the bowl of water and just let it sit there. And so I did that and I posted that on the Internet because I thought that was funny. (laughs) And somebody said and I say this it's been years now and I say it all the, the time picture or I post a picture okay. of me doing it yeah 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 okay. I'll you know what I'll find the picture we can put it on the website oh badasspressfeedingpodcast.com it's yes. a funny picture that's awesome um and somebody said it's a put your tit in a teacup kind of day <laughs> and I was like oh my god that's so hilarious and now I steal it all the time I wish I remember her name because I would um obviously give her credit. Yeah, but, credit her for that. Um, it, it was a funny comment. And so now that's all I can think of. When I think of clogged ducks, all oh I think God. of is putting your tit in a teacup. That's fantastic. Did it work? Yeah. I mean, I did, did all of that. I did all that. You know, it's not like, it's not like you like rub it and then it goes away. Like it can be like a couple days. And that is, I, I think that's a really great point that we need to tell people because I will have mamas that are freaking out. Well, it hasn't gone away. It hasn't gone away. It's been there since this morning. Sometimes they can really be stubborn and it doesn't yeah. mean that they're going to turn into anything. They don't always turn into mastitis, but they can turn into mastitis, but they don't always. So don't freak out if it's not moving yet or it's you know you don't feel like it's getting better um because they can be really stubborn heat is definitely better for plugs than ice and i will get that sometimes we see that like ice and i'm like don't no not for plugs we want that we want everything to loosen up and relax and open up and that's what the heat does it just really helps things to open up um and the massaging while the baby's feeding, while you're pumping. And really, you have to put some pressure on that, on that plug. You have to. It, it, they're tender, but you got to move it around and get it to go. One of the other things that I do suggest that works really well is like an electric toothbrush. And oh, that yeah. might sound funny, but like the bristles and the vibration 
It's not like it's not or hard. a vibrator or a vibrator. Yeah, I like the Get bristles your, of the open toothbrush, your... but yeah, anything oh, well, that yeah. you have that does that vibration. Yeah, anything you have that does that vibrating motion. A hand, you know, sometimes people have those hand back massagers, anything mm-hmm. like that, because that will get that to break up a little bit too, without it being so like you putting a lot of pressure on it. Yeah, you can also like in the in the same sense of putting your in a teacup, um, <laughs> you can just put your baby on the floor and dangle feed your baby. Yeah, Get on all fours, that. put your baby on their back. And like, I've found that just like changing positions to or lay down and have your baby like feed them upside down, mm-hmm. like, 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 um, side lying, but have your baby's like feet by your head. Oh, like, uh, the just back, to yeah. like, yeah, to change the position, to change, you know, to get, um, just to switch it up. Now, the old advice used to be, and this, I can't believe we never brought this up on one of our myth shows, honestly, because yeah. this is one I still hear quite a bit too. Point the baby's chin in the direction of the plug. Oh, yeah. You hear that too. Yeah. And that's not accurate information. That is, I mean, we used to hear that, but that is no longer true. And that is because where the plug is, isn't necessarily where the milk is coming from, where your baby's feeding, you know, like the inside of the breast looks like a roadmap. There's just like, you know, milk ducts everywhere. And there's no guarantees that when you have your baby in one specific position, that the milk's coming from that side, you know, like it could be coming from the other side. So that's why I like moving your baby around. And that's why I like to move them around. Cause you're, yeah. But you don't need to have their chin pointing in a specific direction. No, don't worry about all that. Just just mix it up. Yeah. Mix it up. Um, if they are recurring, meaning you're getting them regularly, you know, a couple times a week, you get one, you get rid of it, and then you get another one, and you get another one, definitely talk to a lactation consultant because there could be something going on with the way the baby is feeding. They might not be feeding efficiently, and they're mm-hmm. leaving milk behind because that's how those plugs are caused. They're caused by milk that's being left behind for the most part. So. We want to make sure that your baby is feeding well. You shouldn't be getting them recurringly. It should be one of those things where you're like, okay, I got a plug and we can figure out, oh, this is probably why it happened. And then we go from there. But not all the time. Um, Soy lethicin is something that people sometimes take. Or you said sunflower lethicin, I think is what Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier too. Same idea. And what that does is that kind of thins out the milk a little bit. And it's, that's very safe. It's, it's in your foods too. You know, it's like a, you know, it's, it's a food additive and emulsifier, I believe it is. So all it does is just kind of like thins the milk out. And some women might have fattier milk, which causes it to stick a little bit more into those milk ducts. So you might need to just thin that milk out a little bit. And then that can Now listen to me. If you don't get clogged ducts, it doesn't mean that your milk is not fatty enough. Exactly. See, that's okay. why so we need listen. two of us here. One to balance <laughs> right. out the others. Well, because, you know, because then it could be like, because people are like, oh, I'm leaking all the time. Oh, my God, I don't leak. I don't have enough milk. You know, this one does not equal the other. No. Mm-mm. It's just, you know, your milk is perfect. However your milk is, it's perfect for your baby. Your baby has designed it that way. Right. Um, one of the other reasons I've seen that people get plug ducks, in fact, I saw this this morning, so it was perfect, is there are... 
moms that are, and this is another thing we should have brought up in the myths. Oh, we're going to have to do another myth. Show. <laughs> we have to do more. Well, we have to do those monthly. I know. <laughs> I mean, there's so to cover there's, them all. Yeah, there's so many. But this mom that I saw this morning, she was adorable, but she said, she goes, I think I gave myself, she goes, I have this plug duct and I think I gave it to myself because I'm always pushing down the breast because I'm afraid the baby's going to suffocate. And she goes, oh, and no. I know that that's not going to happen, but I can't help it because my, my boob is big and I'm afraid that if I don't, she goes, so I'll, every feed I'm pressing on that part of the breast and then she, now she calls a plug because she was like really putting a lot of pressure on that, on that part of the breast while she was feeding. So the milk was uh not being able to flow. So it was clogging. So that's a similar thing as like wearing a bra that's going to underwire or like really tight fitting stuff that's not letting the milk flow efficiently. And that's another thing. Like sometimes it's funny, like when moms will call me about plugs or, you know, and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I just realized I started working out. Now I've been wearing a sports bra more or I just went back to work. So I've been wearing a better bra. So my clothes look a little better. I have better support and not, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like you really, once you really think about it, it, it adds up, you know, so those things can happen. That's why they say no underwires and stuff, because that can really kind of impact your comfort level with the milk. Yeah. And so when you do work this thing, oh, so so like they're stubborn, you know, I had a friend, you know, who's, you know, you know, so they're, you're, so you're warming it up, you're massaging it, you can pump, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing that just like, I didn't really pump very much, but I had this clogged duct. And so I was pumping off that breast a lot, trying to get it to move, you know, putting my tit in a teacup. I'm going to say that as many times as I can. Um, and then dangle feeding and like all of this. And um, so I had a friend who, she couldn't get hers to budge. And so she wouldn't for a long time. And she flipped her boob up into her own mouth. <laughs> and she got this sucker out. Good for her. I bet some people uh-huh. say they had their, their husband do it or their partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to say that somebody commented this on the wall, on my Facebook wall a couple weeks ago. And I, I'm struggling to remember exactly what her situation was, but she said that she finally enlisted her husband um, to to help her with this. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that you're comfortable like saying that because like just do what you got to do. And if somebody's comfortable doing that, if you're comfortable with it, if your partner's comfortable with that, do it. Yeah, I had it's a mom- not weird. It's like going to save you're going to save yourself. Right. I had a mom years ago who thought her nipples were flat, too flat for the baby to nurse on. So uh-huh. she would flip her nipple up into her own mouth to get it to come out before she fed the baby. Oh, that's so smart. People are so smart. Oh, yeah. You got to use your resources. Seriously. You know? And you then know. I feel like we should like, we should let people know as well, like when it comes out. So you're working on it. You're working on it. And I happened to be pumping when I saw it come out. Um, and I thankfully knew this, but it looked like it was like a worm. Mm-hmm. It looked like this yellow worm. And a lot of people are like really freaked out by that. And they're like, oh, my God, I got to throw it away. You know, it's don't feed this to my baby. It's fine. Likely your baby will get it out. You'll never see it. Right. This just happened to kind of like squirm out while I was pumping. And then I knew it was out. Because it's thickened milk. Yeah. It's thickened, like all- a fat globule thickened milk. So people have like kind of related it to looking like toothpaste. You know, like how um, white toothpaste looks because mm-hmm. um, it, it like pasty like or glue, you know, right. like something like that, because it just it's just thick and pasty. Yeah. Don't but, worry about it. It's pretty gross. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, the, and that brings up another thing: is a milk blob. Those uh, can uh-huh. cause milk duct, plug milk ducts too. Should we talk about what a milk bleb is and what to do when we get back um, after a word from our sponsor? Yes, let's do that. Today's episode is sponsored by Peanut. And I've told the story and I'm going to tell it again. When I had my first child, I didn't know anyone who had a baby. I was the first one of all my friends to have a baby. And breastfeeding was going horribly and it was like some dark days. And I was on the internet all by myself in the living room. Um, and all the information was just conflicting. You know, we've talked about this a bunch of times. Like the information out there, if you're just alone with Google, you're going to get confused. Um, I didn't have anyone to ask um, about their experiences. Um, when I when I was able to find just a few like-minded parents who were also breastfeeding, everything changed. I was more empowered. Um, I felt more comfortable just doing what felt right for me. Um, and this is why I like wanted to share peanut with everybody. And peanut is an app to meet like-minded parents in your area to chat and to share advice. It's free to download in the app store. It's easy to use, and it could be your ticket to finding freedom as a new parent. Peanut is designed to connect people based on similar interests, age, mutual friends, and more similar to a dating app. You simply swipe to send a wave. The community feature allows you to create and join groups such as single moms, LGBTQ, or Brooklyn moms. So head to your app store right now and download Peanut and start connecting with like-minded parents in your area. And Peanut and all of our other sponsors and their promo codes can be found at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, along with the photo of me um, with my tit in a teacup. Badass Breastfeeding Podcast.com, along with all of our breastfeeding resources. We've got a bunch. All of our other episodes, we got a bunch, including today's show notes um, that Diane writes, and they're always hilarious. So check those out. And information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane, which I don't know if you all understand. You can schedule your own personal lactation consultation with Diane Cassidy, the IBCLC that you hear talking here. True story. Um, so yes, so head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. And we have our breastfeeding tip of the week. I love these. I know. I think they're really cool. And they're, you know what? Whenever I ask the badass community, I ask on Facebook and Instagram because that's where the most of my community is. Um, I, there's always like hundreds of comments. So I wish I could read them all, but I think the game here is kind of like scrolling through and picking one. Um and just reading it and, you know, reading the name. So that's fun. This one comes from Rachel Dixie Monument. <laughs> she says, no one can criticize you for doing the best for your child. It's not criticism. It's ignorance. It would be nice to think enlightening this person to the benefits of breastfeeding would change their views. Although that's not always the case. And this, again, I asked, um, this week, I kind of try to twist the question that I ask. You know, sometimes I just ask, like, what's your what's your best breastfeeding tip? Sometimes I try to be a little more specific. And this one was, what would your um, what would you suggest somebody saying to somebody who is being criticized? Somebody who is criticizing somebody for breastfeeding. And um, and so this is her um, answer. And I love how, you know, because we talk, you know, it's so true that sometimes you can. Sometimes you can enlighten people. And, but that's not always the case. Right. So you kind of have to just, um, understand that, you know, it's their ignorance and you're not doing anything wrong. You know, this is their issue, not yours. 
the great tip of the week. Yes. Thank you, Rachel Dixie Monument. Thank you, Rachel Dixie Monument. Perfect. So we were going to talk about milk blebs. Yeah. What in the world is that? Milk bleb is when you maybe you got like a little sore on your nipple and then it healed with milk trapped under it. Mm. So now it's a milk blister. Ah. And it looks like a little white pimple on the tip of your nipple or on the nipple. But what happens is that is a that's a plug in that milk pour now. So that can cause a milk duct all the way back into the breast. So sometimes when moms tell me that they have a stubborn clogged milk duct, I'll ask them, like, do you see anything on the nipple? Do you see a white spot on the nipple? Because you got to get it out from there. You got to get that milk bleb out and clear that milk, clear that out before the plug will go away. So that is where we get like hot, wet compresses on Mm. the nipple before the feeding so that that can soften the skin so that the baby can pull that out before pumping or feeding. Those are a pain in the butt. They don't happen that often, but they, it can happen. I haven't had one of those in a while. Watch now the next week. That's all I'll get. (laughs) That's how it works. So, so we have this. And so after, so things can escalate into mastitis. Yeah. And so mastitis is pretty bad. I mean, it's pretty uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I mean, so there's a couple of things with mastitis. Did you ever have it? No, I did not. I had mastitis once with my first. And I don't even remember feeling a plug duct. I remember waking up and half my boob was hard and I had a fever. Like that's how quickly it came on. And for some people, they feel the plug. It's they're trying to get rid of it. It's not going anywhere. It's getting worse. And then they get a fever. And then we know it's turned into mastitis. And for some people, it's like, boom, it's right there. They just wake up not feeling good. So there's really no like rhyme or reason. You know, maybe it's your immune system. Who knows what it is. But it really just can be any of these things. So it is, it's an infection. So really what you have to do is if you have that fever, it is, you know, recommended that they give you antibiotics for it because it's an infection. Mm-hmm. And within 24 hours of taking those antibiotics, you should feel much, much better. And if you do not, definitely tell your prescribing doctor so that they can give you an antibiotic that will address the situation. Because they don't, they don't know what they're treating. You know, they're giving you an antibiotic, but they don't know what exactly is causing the infection. They're just guessing it's probably this. This is the, the antibiotic that we use for it. But it might not work for you. So if you don't feel better, and I had this happen once where the mom didn't realize that she was supposed to feel better within 24 hours, and she didn't, and she went a week feeling like that, and it turned into an abscess, and she had to have it surgically oh. removed. It was terrible. So, and that was like, and I didn't come in until the end of that mess. So, um, it was really, really bad, but I'll never forget that, that she was like, yeah, they started me on an antibiotic on Monday and here it was like Friday and she was still symptomatic. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, like, come on. So, and with an abscess now. So it really should be that you're feeling much, much better. Now on the other end of this, Sometimes I will have people call their, their OB or their, their doctor that they see, you know, regularly, usually it's the OB 
or the midwife. And they'll say, I have a plug duct. And they'll just put them on, on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go on the antibiotics if you don't have a fever. If it's just a plug, that doesn't mean it's mastitis. I think that's really important right. for people to yeah. know. If it's a plug, it's not mastitis. If there's a fever, then there's where we're running into more of a problem. So I know that a lot of people reach out to me and they say things like, is there any, I think I have mastitis. Is there any way I can deal with this naturally and avoid the antibiotics? I've had people say that too. And I know that I, I know I get it. A lot of people don't want to be on the, the antibiotics. I don't blame them. You know, I, I really don't. I don't blame them. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what to tell people to do. I am not a naturopath. So I, for me, I'm just like, watch for, watch for an abscess. If it's not getting better, the, you know, the breast is getting worse. Then we need to, you know, address that. But I don't know what you would even do for an infection if you don't go on antibiotics. I mean, I don't get infections that much. So I don't really know. I don't know what I would do. Like, what do you tell them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I usually say no. You tell them to get it anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, I usually say, I think you can talk to your, you know, you have to talk to your provider about that. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that if it's, if that doesn't work and it continues to escalate, like you said, it can get really out of control. Yeah. And that's what I don't want to happen for people. Cause I have seen that happen. And overall, like I remember having mastitis and I don't remember it being terrible. Yes. I felt horrible for 24 hours cause you feel fluish. You've got the fever, you feel achy, you've got all those things, but it's like, then I was, then it was fine. You have to keep breastfeeding through it. That's really important to know. You have to, it's not like, okay, I have a breast infection, so the milk is bad. No, 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 no. You have to breastfeed for sure. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to stop breastfeeding because you have mastitis because that's not the case. That'll make it worse, actually. Right. So you, it's just, you know, it just sucks that it happens. We don't want it to happen, but I don't want it to get worse than that, you know, and I have seen them if it wasn't treated with the right antibiotic or whatever, I have seen it to the point where people were hospitalized because they were trying to get it under control or, you know, and that, that's not what I want to happen for people. Right, right, right. And that's what, yeah, I think that's why once it escalates into mastitis, then we get a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't want that I- to happen. And the other thing that's a red flag is recurring mastitis. That should not happen either. You should not be getting mastitis every month. And I've had people call me and tell me that yeah. too. Yeah. And I remember one mom specifically said, oh yeah, I breastfed and then I was getting mastitis like every month. And my doctor told me that I just had to stop breastfeeding. Yeah. Because they weren't able to help you. Right. Exactly. So the reason behind that, if you're getting recurring mastitis, they're not treating it right. It is not being treated. If you get it within a month, of it being, you know, you get mastitis, you take an antibiotic, three weeks later, you get it again. They did not give you the right antibiotic for that. That's why it came back. It was enough of an antibiotic to make it like, you know, some of the symptoms go away to kind of keep it under the radar, but then it didn't kill the infection. Yeah. 
So that is a really important piece too. Whenever anybody calls me and says I've had it mastitis three times, like, okay, tell me the time span between that. And, you know, we still want to know why did you get it the first time? Do we need to look at how the feedings are going, you know, like whatever, but, or was there a plug duct there? Do we need to talk about like handling the plug ducts? But more importantly, they did not treat it with the right antibiotic. So that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I mean, sometimes, so sometimes mastitis can show up, like you said, without a clogged duct. Right. I mean, if you see a clogged duct and you, you know, make sure you're focusing because on that and getting it out, um, because it can escalate to mastitis, but mastitis can creep up on you. It can. Yeah, it can. Absolutely. And that's another one of those things where it's like the baby slept all night. You're, you know, you weren't expecting that. You're usually up for a feeding or two during the night and milk got backed up and you got super full and, you know, you ended up with mastitis or the going back to work thing. That's a lot of times when I get people getting mastitis, they go back to work and all of a sudden you go from exclusively breastfeeding on demand for three or four months to pumping for, you know, a 12 hour period of time or something like that. Pumping only three or four times in a 12 hour period of time. And your body is not adjusted to that yet. And a lot of people blame that on the breastfeeding. And it's like, no, we could blame that on society for making us go back to work when our body is not adapted to work right now. Like that's that problem. But that's typically when I see mastitis happen. That's not saying you, if you're going, uh, we probably have moms that are listening and going to go back to work next week and they're going to go, great, now I'm going to get mastitis next week. That's no guarantee. It's not you know, an automatic. Like no, it's not an automatic. But that is when I see it happen because it is a change in your body's regulation of the milk. No, and that's really, and it's another reason why it's really important for you to be breastfeeding on demand and not by a schedule. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yes. You know, breastfeed every two hours. Don't do that. Breastfeed. Let your baby just be breastfeeding on demand when they want, because they're going to be pulling that milk out. Yeah. And then when you go back to work, advocating for yourself to be pumping, you know, every two hours, it's, not yes. every four hours. Yep. And that you is know? why. So this is how much I need to pump. If they ask you why or why would you need to pump that much or there's no reason why you should have to go more than twice a day. Yes, there is. If you will become physically ill, so you cannot just let it go. Yeah. And then they'll be dealing, then you'll be out and then they'll be down an employee. And, you know, I don't understand why companies and businesses and employers cannot just deal with it, deal and support their employees, because this is how you get employees to show up and do the work. Exactly. That's crazy. It really is. It's really crazy. So just, you know, if it happens, the mastitis, the other thing with mastitis too, is that, you know, it's in the beginning of, you know, your breastfeeding relationship with your baby, you're recovering from childbirth, you're sleep deprived. I mean, that is prime time for your body to be down in your immune system you know like you are just not fighting things off the way you normally would and you could be more prone to stuff like that um the other thing i want people to kind of keep in the back of their mind too is that antibiotics can cause 
thrush or yeast infections. Well, and this is what, yeah. And I think we need to do a whole nother episode on thrush, you know, which would just be a continuation of this conversation because I think that is the main reason people want to avoid the antibiotics. Yeah. And I don't, you know, they're like, how can I do this without that? And, and, you know, and yeah, exactly. I don't blame them either. I mean, I think I'm definitely an antibiotic avoider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the, it's something to watch out for, you know, if you're on an antibiotic. Um, but that is, you know, we can talk about, that is a great idea to do another episode on that and talk about ways that you can kind of like combat thrush and stuff. But like when my, when I was, you know, I, I had mastitis when I breastfed Nathan, but with the twins, I had nothing. And I think that was just because I was constantly nursing somebody all the time. You know, like it was just, yeah. I was always, I didn't have thrush. I didn't have mastitis. I don't even know if I had plugs because I was constantly breastfeeding. And there was, there was no way anything was going to, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's like that breastfeed on demand. You've, you know, that's a really great point that you just, you just nurse when you're supposed to nurse. You're not going to It really helps you avoid a lot of problems. It, it really does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great, we should, we should definitely do a follow up about thrush. So everybody will have to stay tuned for that episode yeah. because I think that's a good point that, um, is fearful and not even because of mastitis, but a lot of people get antibiotics in labor and yep. that yep. can lead to thrush down the road too. So. Well, thank you, Diane. That was very enlightening. Well, I try. <laughs> I wish we could cover all the things in one episode, but we can't. So they'll have to tune in for the next one and it'll be fun. Yeah. You don't want to sit around listening to us for six hours anyway. No, it won't be any fun. You can break it up into 30 minute increments a week. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank thank you you for listening. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.